Football is back, and BetMGM is inviting new customers to join the huddle and enjoy the action like never before. Sign up today using bonus code CHAMPION, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. You'll also have instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, player props, and boosted odds specials. Just download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CHAMPION and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. The Bet MGM app is the perfect way to experience the excitement of wagering on live sports now in more markets than ever. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Deep underground, the Jelly Belly Factory, BB is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again. Is it pomegranate or old bandage? <laughs> Dare to compare. <laughs> Bean Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough? Episode of the Mile High Pundit podcast uh, coming to you from Commerce City. My name is Joel. I'm going to welcome my co-host uh, Jared here uh, as well. Jared, how you doing? What you drinking on tonight? Uh, tonight, I just finished up a Prost Brewing Company Pilsner out of Fort Collins. Very and nice. I'm back to the whiskey and coke. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, I streamed for yeah, the last the pro- two, like for the last like two and a half hours, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I saw the link. I was just... Yeah, like, I haven't done it a lot lately. Um, Just... The last time I streamed was, like, over, like, a year ago. So, um, it's just... It's it's just, like, one of those things where it's, like, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it because I want to have fun with it. So, like, I started started off tonight playing just PC Builder. So, it's just a game, like, where you literally build PCs. It's literally that simple, and it's that much fun. I had random people jump in, like asking me hey can you help with my pc i was like sure i can try i mean from here i can give it a shot um but yeah like i'm just uh it's cool because like i'm able to get back into just kind of messing around and playing games like on my free time a little bit especially now that i'm (laughs) working a lot more and everything else but yeah yeah yeah. so i I did that and i played cod with one of my buddies for about 45 minutes and jumped off and here we are now so yeah um if you want to ever check it out i mean and we're probably gonna post like when we start doing these live podcasts um that'll probably over um over on twitch too um i'll probably use my channel just to promote it and everything else and we'll use we'll use it there but that's probably where we'll use it is um is a twitch.tv slash dj snipe center that's a whole nother, i'm not even gonna get into the naming part of it that's a whole nother story that yeah Quite frankly, we have enough news to talk about. I don't want to we talk do. about it. But hey, how, how was your trip to the mountains? You you said you're going to the mountains to go work. How was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, you know, it was it was good. We did uh, we we basically just did like a ski convention up there. Um, <clears throat> basically, just loading and unloading, setting up like this expo for like a sale that um, that like basically the Breckenridge through. Um, it was like through there, like community. Like we worked with like a bunch of like community center people and stuff to like set it up and. Um, but yeah, it was basically just like a big like you remember those uh like the big winter sales like when when you were a little like the Snea grab stuff. It's it's kinda like that except it was just like massively blown up in a convention center and um but even with like you know, I was talking to some of the people that worked it, they were like, This is like nothing compared to like what it has been and um basically I hired on to do uh like some contract work so I'll be taking uh some trips here coming up, which will be fun. Uh, some good work trips and um but uh but yeah i am here just uh got my avalanche amber ale uh one of my favorites underrated from, yeah, underrated uh, one of my favorites from breckenridge for sure uh but uh but yeah the pros pros brewing it's a nice little place up there in fort collins I, um, I, I guess cool we should probably drop it. Day. I guess we should drop it now that we're actually not doing a beer podcast on 25. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. We had some other things come up, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool because it's like basically they they uh, repurpose like an old fire station for it. Really? That's like the only thing I was going to say. Yeah. Hmm. If you like go inside, you'll like notice like all the sort of irregularities about it. It's actually kind of cool. Damn. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. Like, I haven't been up there. Um, like, I've literally been to... Uh, oh, shit. What do you call it? Um, Odell's and New Belgium. Those are the only two I've been to. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know anything about... Like, like I know Prost, is, Prost has some, like, really, really good beers. But outside of that, that's all I got. Honestly, that's yeah. all I got for you. Yeah, Prost is solid. Um, Prost is very solid as far as... As far as brews go, I like, um, you know, they kind of put like a German twist on a lot of the stuff. But yeah, we're uh, definitely going to be getting into more or less, like Jared said, more of just a news drop podcast. Uh, lots of stuff's been going on in just multiple aspects. And all of it wasn't really big enough news to to make one podcast out of it. So we figured we'd just throw some stuff together and uh, kind of roll with it. So um yeah let's uh let's get into it brother so i told you i wasn't gonna stooge this off because i really wanted to talk about it in two days well when we drop this tomorrow because we're actually off a day on our usual upload times um and we'll and we'll circle back onto the devon taves thing so spoiler we we pre-recorded that podcast before devon taves got signed um and i do want an upgraded grade from both of us so there you go you can sit anything about that Two days from now, because today's Tuesday, it is 10-26 on the 10th, the Masters is back. Augusta National. The Masters. And Tiger, as your defending champ, is back. So, he actually tees off on Thursday morning at 5.55 local. So, bright and early. (laughs) Um... So he's actually uh, his stuff won't be anywhere live on TV. He'll be on uh, the golf network, but um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you are uh, if you're a big golf guy, right? You know me. I love my golf stuff. I love watching the U.S. Open, the Masters, the Open Championship in England, where they play the Lynx courses. 
or in yeah. Europe, I guess. Those are the greatest tournaments, and even the players. And then the waste management in Arizona, dude. I want to go to that tur- that tournament so bad and sit on sixteen just to sit on that par three and just get lit with the rest of the crowd. Um, <laughs> it, they call it the People's Open. That's how big that tournament is, and nobody understands how big it is. It really should be yeah. like a fifth match, like a fifth uh, a fifth major. It's that good. Yeah, I mean, you th- you look at the location where it is. <clears throat> right now even i mean to this year like it's it's perfectly just like to a t as far as just kind of what they're trying to like embrace as far as a golf tournament goes mm-hmm. um some good featured groups though i'm not like a big golf guy but i know there are some good featured groups this year there there's a lot of good ones i mean i mean just on this um who, they're gonna start on the first tee at noon eastern it's uh dustin johnson patrick cantlay and rory mcelroy that's gonna be a really good group to watch um with with, with dj and cantlay and and even rory i mean rory ran went a swing change about two years ago i mean he's he looks dialed um yeah. and then behind them on the one tee so they're starting on one because uh the first two days are a split tee so you start on first and ten just kind of help mm-hmm. get players out there um and then right behind them is Zach Johnson, Justin Rose, and Cameron Champ. So that's another really good pairing as well. Um, but uh, Tigers actually with uh, Saint with a uh, Shane Lowry and Andy Ogletree. Uh, last year in the final group, he was with Tony Finau, uh, and oh god, who is he with in the final group? Uh, Francesco Molinari. He was in the final group with those two guys, and so uh, Finau goes off before Tiger at seven forty four local and uh molinari's about four hours later so by the time uh finau and woods are probably around eh, 13 14 they'll be teeing off on uh their start of the day but tiger as a defending champion i i think a lot of people are are are, are a little bit uh a, a little bit skeptical that Tiger can go back to back and and finally break uh, Jack Nicklaus's all time record of sixteen uh, major tournament wins, and especially doing it with back to back green jackets at Augusta, and, and with it being the fall. Because uh, a little fun fact for you, Augusta actually closes down in the summer because it gets too hot. So they are a spring, winter, and fall uh, country club, private yeah. club, obviously. Um, it does get hot down there. <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, I mean, right now Vegas has Tiger at plus 4,000. So he's 17th best with a 2.44% chance to win. Um, I, I don't know if that's logical or if that's accurate, because the Tiger that we've seen has been up and down. But what we've noticed is that after these long breaks is that he is very, very deadly after long breaks because his body just feels in shape. He's still been playing almost every day, but he just feels more in shape. Yeah, and kind of same thing, just to kind of reiterate that for sure. Um, With Tiger and me not even just being like the biggest golf guy myself, like I was saying, um, he... I feel you for sure with the ups and downs um, just because there have been times where just like catching like glimpses of like, of, of you know, opens and, and tournaments and stuff like that. Um, there will be times where I'm just like, what is this like 2000, like, you know, 
I'm I'm back in the days where where uh, he's actually you know doing some things. The, the, then, the Tiger Woods we all remember. Like, yeah, the, yeah. The Tiger in his prime. Like prime Tiger Woods, and then you also like a couple months later, it's like oh he finished fifty sixth or you know I don't know just like some obscure finish. Just like oh, okay. So it it has been kind of it has been kind of back and forth, um, for sure. So I feel you. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what he does down there. Um, Ford is a weird place, man. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like Georgia. I I mean, here's here's what's going to come down to, right? It's going to come down to that amen corner. 14, 15, 16, where in round in the final round last year, Tiger damn near jarred 16, which yeah. is a par three. And I mean, keep in mind, Tiger's been playing this course since 98, I believe, was the first time. Um, and I mean, he's just like he has played it over and over and over again to where he actually he knows the course so well. Yeah, that it, it it's scary to see him play that course because he knows every single thing about it, and I mean, it's it's very because because keep in mind Tiger's been playing professionally for over twenty years, right? Yeah, he if yeah. it was officially twenty years. Had he continued like all the way through without back problems and everything else, had he played twenty straight years, it, he started in nineteen ninety six. We were literally kids. Like literally kids. And yeah, I mean um, he won it he won his first um his first uh what do you call it? First first masters tournament in oh one. First time. One in two thousand one. Yeah. And I mean everything has just been like go, 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 go. And I mean, I, I'm I'm not like worried about him possibly like sneaking out under because I mean he's one win away from breaking the all-time wins record. He's at 82. Yeah. He's tied at 82 with Sam Snead. That is an unbelievable accomplishment because the, oh, yeah. with, with with the caliber of players we have right now, Bryson DeChambeau, right? That dude is a freaking tank. He, he's an absolute robot. McElroy is still really good even into his 30s. And DeChambeau's playing probably the best golf he's ever a hundred percent dude his, his career goes like he's one of the best he's ever played right now and the dude is like on his way up he's he's peaking right now basically. and and he had the kid out of uh oh shit what was his name out of um oregon or not oregon oklahoma state oh hell i can't remember his name and it's really gonna irritate me now he played at the u.s open last year as an amateur and he was so good um It'll come to me in a minute, but I'm I'll I'll because I'm looking at the pairings right now. I'm actually I'm gonna see it. And I'm gonna say it. And be like, God dang it! I knew that. Um, <sighs> it's not Stenson. Damn it! Oh well. Anyways, um, who's he playing for? He he was at Oklahoma State. Um, State. Uh, PGA. Let's see. Victor Hovland. That's who it is. Okay. Already found it. Look at that. Twitter hands. Um, I don't even know if Victor Hovland like qualified, but I'd love to see him play here. I, I'd love to see him play at Augusta and see kind of um, 
everything goes on to it because there's there's certain i don't remember the certain rules like how you get like accepted into augusta to play at the masters i mean obviously the winner has an automatic bid back in so regardless yeah. of where you're sitting in the standings you're automatically in but um did also speaking of golf really quick before we move on um did you see what john rom did today you know i was actually not um but now that you mention it, it did the it did just come up in like my little espn feed that shot that he had so it's a little tradition that they do in the practice rounds is they tee the ball up on 16 so this is 16 where tiger almost jarred it last year same pin, pin position and everything so this is a sunday pin yeah. um they were working sunday pins today and what John Ra and what the tradition is is that you you go in front of the tee box, like way in front of the tee boxes, right next to the water, and the goal is to skip it across the water and get it on the green. That's just it's a game everyone plays. So John Rahm skips it three times on the water, catches the ridge perfectly, comes back down and jars it for a hole in one. Like one, two, three, four skips, right? And then runs up the green, catches the slope, comes back down and boom there you go like there you have it i mean like that's like one of those things where you watch and go okay then but yeah it, it's it's master's week this is one of the, like in the fall it's one of my most um it, it's one of, not in the fall in the spring typically this is like one of the times where i really really start to ramp back into golf because this is yeah. where i start just falling in love with golf again because everything about it is just so much fun it's it the pageantry of the of the masters and now there's no fans there this year because covid restrictions and everything else yeah and because of covid you also get the i mean just the the overall switch to schedule of things i mean right now we'd be watching avalanche hockey we'd be in the middle of the season yeah <laughs> um but you know that stuff's all starting up here pretty soon and same with basketball too so it's uh yeah it's been it's been interesting for sure and i mean the the nba's plan um it it looks i don't know how i feel about it right so free agency opens on the 22nd so 12 days away right Mm-hmm. And then it's a 72 game, not an 82. So 10 short games. So why that yeah. makes a difference, I have no idea. Like, what are you using? Like, interconference? Can you use 10 interconference games? Okay. Or interdivision? Cool. Whatever. I, I, I think I it might be just to cut down on like travel and stuff, but 72, 82, still a decently long season. Um, but I, I feel you though. Like, um, it's all happening pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing they haven't talked about though is. Are they going to do it in a bubble? That's that's the other thing is that you saw this happen with the MLS, and I love I love to give Chap on here and talk to Chap about this. Oh yeah, and and because MLS didn't use a bubble when they went back to the regular season, mm-hmm. and now I I mean what the Rapids missed almost a month of games. Yes, they made the 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 uh, the playoffs, but they missed like a month of games. All because of they had COVID tests and everything, and they were traveling. And same with baseball. Baseball had a huge problem with it. And it comes out that Justin Turner had tested positive for COVID and then still went out and celebrated with his team. So yeah, yeah. there was a lot of things where we're all looking at going, what the hell is going on? 
right? And like, 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 do we need to? Do do we need to put this in? Like, like, do we need to be in a bubble? Does the NHL need to be in a bubble? Like, like the National Collegiate Hockey Conference, which is what CC and DU play in, right? Yeah. Um, they're starting in a bubble format in Nebraska Omaha in like a month. So, the the fact that there's not a there's not a true plan really kind of worries me that the NBA is kind of saying, okay, we agreed to a start date, but we don't really know anything else beyond that. Yeah. But I mean, they also have just like a tent. They have a lot of things going on um, within that. Like, you know, they get things rolling that day. They have the free agency period. They have free agency closing. They have the draft. They have all of their things just bundled up here in like a couple weeks. Um, and then they're supposed to get into the in, into the season. Um, just go off that. I'm not sure if they are going. They they might just do the you know capacity where they allow not too many people. Allow people in arenas is what I'm thinking. Um, But again, I'm not sure. Um, it's just kind of a whole. We we literally have to just like wait and see, um, kind kind of what's going on with with all this stuff. Um, and man, just kind of thinking about um, just the overall scope of things right now if you were like you know if you were in the nuggets organization um would you be happy with kind of where where we are right now as a team i mean yes and no because i mean isn't the rumor that monte's not coming back isn't that like what it is right now that he declined an option he's just like Screw you. I'm out of here. We we don't know for sure. Um, but there have been kind of trade talks about us trying to get Drew Holiday. Um, we've been kind of some of the teams that have been... We've been with the teams that have been kind of interested in... Um, have been linked to Holiday. But, of course, nothing official. Um, there's just been kind of buzz about it. Um so it might have something to do with that, but at the same time, um, I don't know. The main thing is, is that you, you know, you got to work a deal with, uh, with Jeremy Grant, which I think all that's going really smoothly. Um, like one of your, your staple guys down the road, I feel like, um, but even losing Monty, if we were to lose Monty, you know, great backup point guard, but at the same time, you kind of look at our our bench and our our just point guard room in essential. We've got you know shooting guard, point guard hybrids, and Barton and Harris and Murray, um, and Barton will be healthy, so he could play that backup point guard position for a while. But. Um, 
the good news for me, like the most important thing for me is that we're not re-signing Mason Plumley. I don't think. Um, we are letting him walk, which is great news, in, in my opinion. We can find someone much better to back him up. We probably already have someone much better um, on the roster to back him up. So, Yeah, and I mean, uh, the, the crazy part about like all of this is that... And, and here's what I think is like the craziest thing, okay? The Nuggets are still in a very good spot. They're still very young. Take out Plumlee, you just add in a new a new big as a backup. Yeah. Great, terrific. You know Joker Joker's gonna give you at least twenty-five to thirty a night minimum minutes. So you just need some someone in the interim just to kind of just make sure that we don't get balled on by freaking Anthony Davis. Yeah. Right. And the the craziest thing to me about NBA is that they have a plan. NHL doesn't. I mean, the the only thing we've heard from the NHL is that, oh, we're looking at like January 1st to start the season. Okay, great. It's November 10th. We need something here. Yeah. Because otherwise, y'all going to be on the back burner behind the NBA, which is not a good look. Because the NHL has always started before the NBA season has started. And there's been rumors that even some of the owners right, or some of the GMs are owner. I think it's the owners. Some of the owners are just like, uh, let's just cancel the season. Why? And I mean, I mean, not to get like too like uh, we've you and I have talked about this privately off off podcast and everything. But yeah, for something that has a point zero one mortality rate. Like, I understand Colorado has a lot of COVID tests popping up right now. A lot of positive cases. Um, uh, the last thing I heard was on Monday from Polis was that like we, are, like we have like a thousand hospitalizations, but that's throughout the state. That's not just like locally Denver, Commerce City. If that was like in a local yeah. hub, I'd be really freaking concerned. Yeah, yeah. It is statewide when they when they post a lot of those numbers. It is statewide, so they're talking a thousand hospitalizations, you know, and, across the and the CVS, Kroger, who owns uh, King Supers out here for us, right? Um, and City Mart is like kind of like everywhere else. They are now putting out these rapid tests, so you can get tested just at home. It's an at-home kit. Yes, the test numbers are the case numbers are going to go up, obviously, because there's nothing that's like proven to be 100% accurate every time. As as crazy as that sounds, we haven't had 100% accuracy every single time. And I mean, credit to the NHL, they had zero positive tests. How many of those were false positives? I don't know. I I, I mean, you and I could go get one right now, and it could be a false positive. Yeah, but but still, that's a great uh, great track record to have mm-hmm. because the NBA had multiple issues with that. Same with the NFL. Um, well, the NFL is still having issues, man. It's NFL it's just getting worse having, and worse yeah. every year. It's like for uh, uh, like just for example, for fantasy football, it's like you have to check to see if your play player's good because he's not on the COVID list. <laughs> um, Bro, I got jacked up in football this week. Ugh. Save that for later. Um, yeah. But that's one of those things where it's like I look at it and go, I understand. Okay, I get it. COVID is a legitimate thing. It's out there. I mean, one of my coworkers um, is out right now for 14 days because he went to a party with someone who got it. So he's out. Like he's just not working. I mean, sucks to suck. Happy trails, homie. But like, 
I mean, there's a lot of a, a lot of stuff like that where we're just like, well, damn, what do we do? Yeah, and it's I, tough. I mean, I mean, can can we just constantly live our lives in fear? I don't think so. I don't think you can. And I'm gonna drop just like a little kind of like a weird stat, but it's it's a relevant stat. Um, it's definitely a, a relevant one. So Colorado, as far as like the people that wear masks in this state, do you want to guess the the percentage of our like population that wears masks like out and about? Dude, it's probably at least like 60 percent higher than that. What? Yeah, I did like an actual test on this. I was so, actually really. OK, so, so when you say like out and about, are you do you mean like just like going out? Just like, like you just go outside and you're just like here. I got my I got my chicklets mask right here. Like you just go like outside. And you just go, OK, I got it on. Like just like, in gen- like, like like you're walking around. Like, like going, yeah, like go like errands or like out and about like in around town you're walking around like wash park and you have one on yeah okay. yeah i yeah i would have said 60 percent because yeah, i know so it's actually i know i don't so it's actually 80 percent wow that 80 percent of our state from their numbers basically people go out and do things so my question to you is even though 80 percent of us are masking up where are all these new uh covid thing covid uh cases coming from <laughs> if it's so effective in preventing the spread you know is, is it tourists is it something i don't know i could well, get into a whole different thing on that if it, i wanted to exactly i mean like, like we could go on a, an entire covid rant for the rest of this of this podcast and basically lose our freaking minds over it we could, but I mean, but but again, like like, what's the point? We know it's there. We know it's yeah. active. We understand yeah. that we're not. We're obviously not. I'm like, just saying, like after, yeah, after like hearing stuff like that, I'm just like something's not. You know, gotta change some, well, something. Well, and the thing is that like like the Pfizer trial on on the new uh, on the on the vaccine for Pfizer, it's ninety percent effective, which is a higher effect effective rate than the flu shot than me and it's up there with measles mumps mmr you know what i mean where you have to take that to go to school so i mean it's obviously very high up there it's a very successful test now how much does that cost that that's the big thing for everybody how much does that cost and i mean short of getting like politically involved into this podcast i get like we don't ever talk about covid and we just spent literally the last five minutes on covid yeah avoiding doing all that shit like the thing I don't understand is why is everyone praising the president elect, right? Why is everyone praising him that the vaccine is now going to be distributed in about two months? Trump's been talking about it for months, right? I, like I said, we're not going to get yeah. too political on this. I don't care either way. You don't care the way we're all going to be friends. So mm. it doesn't matter at the same time. Like I understand Orange Man bad and all, but come on, I'm like yeah, it, it, I, this I, test has been going on. The Fi- Pfizer's been working on this since March. So so Pfizer came out and said basically, hey, like we're working on a vaccine, basically, um, a while back, and they finally got to the point where it had finished. And it's the the craziness that is behind election season where everything gets blown out of proportion as far as everyone taking every little thing every certain specific way you know from both sides of of 
you know, I see it from like some people on the conservative side of things. I see it from some people on um, on the uh, the democratic side of things too. Um, but yeah, like I said, like we can get into that a lot. But my whole thing is is that with you know, regardless, you're going to have people work on um, vaccines during during pandemics. It's just what happens. You know, people will get together and, and figure it out. And you're seeing that happen and you're seeing it basically get like that news basically gets dragged down and sort of murked, you know, sort of murky, in my opinion, just with everything that's happening, like swirling around outside of it. But I'm, I'm like, I don't know. Um, like I said, I could get into a lot of that, but um, let's not. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good for for that. Hundred um, percent. Uh, I mean, just really quickly, I just want to circle back on the NHL really quick. Um, I I think one of the bigger concerns for, I, I mean, really every sports league, but especially the NHL. Yeah. How are their AHL teams going to survive if they can't have fans? I I I know how important fans are up in Loveland. You know that too. I mean, oh yeah, we, yeah. we've seen that firsthand. So that's not any shock to anybody. I've seen fans basically change like the aspect of games up there. Dude, that's we should okay. We should do that next podcast. I want to go over some really great stories from before you yeah. were there. Um, yeah, for sure. But it's like, 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 how are you going to expect guys to develop without shipping them out to Sweden, to uh, Czech, to Finland? Like, like, how do you expect them to develop when they're supposed to be here an hour up the road and we built that hockey highway for a reason? And like, it it just raises a bunch of questions of, I mean, look, we get it. COVID is really going to mess with everything. Same time, NHL doesn't have a plan yet. All we've heard is November or uh, January 1, which is fine. That's fine. I get it. Yeah. And for even she's open. That's great. Terrific. Awesome. But like a lot of these, how do I put this? The the thing I'd like to see is I'd like to see NHL open up with the outdoor game. Yeah. With fans, however many we can get, whatever it takes. That's, that's fine. Okay. I'm okay with it. I know there's a lot of people who are like, ah, no, 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 no fans. Fine. But why are the Broncos games having fans and the Rockies games didn't? good point that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at with it um, like, like like we can all be inside of walmart touching everything god yeah. knows every piece of clothing in walmart doesn't get sanitized or you go to like uh, uh, the nike outlet in castle rock there's no way everything's getting sanitized every single day they're not spraying every piece of clothing with the sanit with the killing agent that's supposed no. to that's supposed to kill the covid i mean What's the difference going to be if I touch the same chair that you touch or that someone else touches that I've never met before? Like, yeah, I, like, I think we've that, been doing this for so long that is starting to build up to the point of where a lot of sports people like myself are going, OK, when is this bullshit going to end? Because if this was really like a big problem, we should be worried about this a long time ago. Why did it take a global pandemic to now make us so self-conscious about every little thing that we do right i mean i I personally i just don't get it yeah yeah i mean 
I wish you yeah. could see it. Joel's just smiling on the other camera. It's so much fun. He's literally just smiling, going, I can't counteract that point. It is, yeah. When the the only thing that I can think of, and this is going all the way back to your um, Rockies Broncos uh, sort of comparison, is that when the Rockies season started, it was back in the beginning of this. And their league rules and implementations were implemented, um, you know, basically back then. And the NFL season did start a little bit later where they knew a little bit more about how it spread. And they were like, hey, let's think about it. Outdoor venues, not as bad. Maybe we could allow a few more people. And let's be real, it's Roger Goodell. Of course, he's going to try to push ticket sales. Like, I mean, that's just who he is, man. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately. But, but, hey, you're not wrong, you know? with all this and and stuff too like just it's coming from it you know working uh up until basically it hit and then both just like oh what do we do um like we can't can't do eagles games anymore because ahl is in a lot of a it's in a lot scarier of a position than the nhl is because you don't have that national attention to it you know you need it to exist because of the farm system but as far as fans go it's it's gonna be uh, i mean i hope they figure something out i hope they get some people in and do like a capacity type thing i'm i mean the fans are the lifeblood of of teams in the ahl yeah Yeah. I, i mean that's what drives everything outside of sponsorships from uh northern colorado eye center uh summit bar and grill i I mean i can literally name off almost probably every still probably every sponsor that's on the ad boards and that Mm -hmm. goes up on the video screen i mean from you probably i mean chippers is huge harley davidson that's right down the road at crossroads right there yeah Uh, they do uh let's see that um otter box yeah mountain dew uh, Pepsi Zero Sugar, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew Zero Sugar as well. It's all kind of like one big conglomerate for third period. I mean, yeah. like literally, you name it. I mean, that's outside that's of sponsorship. Easy. You need the fans there because that's oh, yeah. how they make their money is ticket sales. And they've done a hell of a job of selling out the arena for the last however many years. Yeah. I mean, like, like I mean, like outside that snow game two years ago. I mean, it's been sold out. I, for as long as I could remember, it was always sold out. Usually pretty close. Usually pretty close to being sold out. I mean... Remember my dad came up for like a, a game once. Mom and my dad came up for like an Eagles game once. And um, yeah, it was just... like My dad was used to just going to like the Air Force hockey games in the Springs. I'll just leave it at that. And that's, um, not, that's not a comparison. It's not. No. No. I mean, it, especially from firsthand working Air Force hockey, like that <laughs> is so different. Like the dynamic is so different. And yeah. I mean, I mean, everyone up there who does their video, like in, in the video department does an amazing job. Marketing does great as well with Mardo and everything else. Um, I, 
like I said, we'll we'll spend we'll spend the next pot. Let's do that next podcast. We'll talk about Eagle stuff. Yeah, I'm down because there's a lot of good stuff in there. Because like I've got some really like um, the Eagles put out a tweet. I think it was like last week or something where they were like, "Hey, tell us what was your favorite moment from these dark jerseys?" It was their black with the gold trim. Yeah, jerseys that yeah. uh um cal miller put it out there um, who's the head of social media for the eagles and i actually had to go back and look to make sure i was correct and it was 2017 it was the uh game one game one of the of the kelly cup final mm-hmm. i like that entire i've never let me put it this way i've been to a lot of loud games okay cowbell night um, hockey fights cancer those are usually the, the loudest nights right yeah i legitimately thought the roof was gonna blow off the place that night it was one of the it was legitimately one of the i, I wrote a piece for mile high uh, mile high hockey too about it and i dude that this, this, like, just thinking, like, I can literally still see every every piece of it because I mean, we're up in it was up in the attacking end, yeah, where they attack twice because that's where our booth is, just like where your media booth is right down right down the hall from us. And dude, that was probably some of the loud. That was probably the loudest I'd ever heard that building in the three years I was there. It, it was insanity. That building does get very, very loud um, just because of the cowbells and um, yeah, just everything involved with the culture of the Eagles. Um, I always like the the 80s nights because they bring the DeLorean out on the ice. So it's a cool night. Yeah, man. I mean, okay. So here, <laughs> before we go down that that freaking road of. Yeah. Eagles nights and everything like that because I'm I, I mean we got to grab a couple people if we're going to talk about some of the stuff like that we true we we gave a grade on uh, on the Avs offseason but before yeah. we knew about Devon Taves before we knew about anything like that right mm-hmm. um I don't remember who it was because you and I talked about it and I, I said god this MFR just made Devon Taves' price go up. I don't remember who it was. I still don't remember. I think we said in the podcast, I don't remember. But how are you feeling now after Devon Taves signs a four-year, $4.1 million deal? Four-year for 4.1? I mean, it's... It's a little bit on the, on the higher end of what I would have wanted for four years. Like, eight, like just looking at it long term and all the guys that we do have to pay, if we could have locked him in at like a maybe like a three seven three eight, at least allow just like a little bit of space, I feel, I feel, I feel better about it. Um, not gonna lie, I'd feel better about it for sure. Um, that in itself just kind of it, it probably knocks my grade down a little bit. Um, but uh, but what about you? How'd you kind of feel upon that hearing that announcement? I I, I texted you immediately and said, "Oof." 
Yeah. The second I saw that, I said, oof, because I knew how expensive that deal was and how big that could end up costing us. Um, I, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing here is that they're looking to move Eric Johnson, whether it's this offseason or next, right? Yeah, they're, he's, they're looking he's to move. Be, yeah, he'll be no more. So whether it's after this season or the season after that, they're, they're looking to get rid of him. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a Greg Sherman deal that just is trash. 100% trash. Um, I don't mind the money, and I don't mind the term. As weird as that sounds, I really don't. For the caliber guy we're getting, granted, yes, he's 26. Um, he's in his prime. So, I mean, he's literally hitting that prime area where he should be. And I mean, exclude Ian Cole and Eric Johnson. You have Gerard, who's 22, Taves, 26, Graves, 25, McCarr, 22. That doesn't even include Connor Timmons, Bowen Byram, Josh Anderson, who are all in that 20, that 1922 range, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you have the depth to replace this. And I don't think money long term is going to be an issue because Sod's only got one year of five million. So he's off the books, right? Yep. Matt Calvert's off the books after this year. Landis Cog's going to resign. It's not going to be that, that five and a half million dollar cap hit. And he'll take a team friendly deal. 100%. I, I think he goes even less. I think he's probably around the Kadri Bur. He's in between Kadri and Burakovsky. So in between four, five, and four, nine. That's where I see him legitimately. Yeah, I don't think he's a Jonas Donskoy kind of money guy where he's 3.9. I think Comfer's 3.5 is really low for him. Anything from basically 4 to 4.5 is going to be acceptable. Yeah, If he signs it, that's another story. But, I mean, outside of that, the Taves deal, I really don't mind. Like we talked about it, man, his... Don't mind it, yeah. What, the type of player we're getting is worth the money, 100%. And he's he's worth that that four point one. Now, if he starts regressing, that's obviously the bigger problem. But I mean, yeah, when I look at it, my, my how can he regret? Exactly. How can he regress? Exactly. And 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 right there, like um, like my grade just stays at a B. A hundred percent stays. Yeah, yeah. Um, mine on the the opposite side of this. Um. My grade is probably going to drop down to a uh because I think I had him at like an A minus A like an A last time. Um but my grade I think I'm just gonna drop him down to a B plus just because of um you know, it is you are investing into this guy and he's gonna pay his, his dividends, but uh, just looking elsewhere, just around the team, you are going to have other guys coming up um, that you will have to resign, and you're going to want just everything available for those players as well. Um, so, uh, but all in all, just you know, B plus for me, um, and, and just a great all. Uh, just overall free agency period by Bednar. I think the Avs are going to do just great things if they can stay healthy. And, uh, you know, if they do stay healthy, then, you know, who knows? We might be looking at a 
at a Stanley Cup here in Denver. And Vegas certainly seems to think so. And they're power ranked second for a reason. So, yeah. Um, and those power rankings just came out today, too. And that's from yeah. NBC, and they're right behind the Lightning. And really, Lightning Colorado, even in Vegas' eyes, are basically one, two. So, oh, interchangeable. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even if we, I mean, let's even like look at it from a from a non-biased standpoint because i mean we can be very not biased as you could tell from the playoff podcasts tampa bay is loaded and i mean loaded yeah. washington got worse they didn't get better they got worse okay losing holtby that's a big drop and just adding lundquist that's not going to fill the gap from holtby to lundquist lundquist is old he's getting older it's just one of those deals mm-hmm. i mean really tampa is still the team to beat Dallas is still very, very good. St. Louis, yeah. still very good. And Vegas is obviously still very good, too. So, oh yeah, I yeah. mean, you have four ultra-competitive teams in the West. Add in the Islanders as well. I mean, from the East. I mean, really, I'm looking at a six, like a six-team race here that I'd be comfortable putting money on any six teams. Any of those six teams to win the Cup next year. I could see that too. See that too. Um, also, just kind of on the flip side of thing, there was a, a tweet from the Leafs social media. I'm not sure if you caught this or not, but they actually said um, due to their roster construction this year, um, they're going to move to a three defenseman, two forwards um, lineup, basically. It's kind of funny, um, but. Yeah, I, I'm, was, I'm now going to look at this. Their, yeah, their social media team put it out. Um, let me see if I can actually find the, the tweet itself. But there might have been like an Instagram post or something. But I mean, because if the Leafs have to go to that, I mean, a very traditional kind of look. It's not. Um, it's not a good. It's not. Good is how I'm gonna put it. No, it's weird, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a hundred percent weird. <laughs> it's um, uh, it's real weird. I mean, the, the other thing I really want to, um, Hutchinson, by the way, is back with the Leafs for two years. Figure that one out. So, um, uh, another thing I, I want to bring up too that really got a lot of traction today was from. Was from Adidas Hockey, and they are now doing the retro throwbacks. And I, I, I know you sent me, you sent me the tweet. You saw it too. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you go through and watch every single um, team's video. If you if you look closely, every single number is different on the back of the jersey. So you're seeing so in the abs have 79. Yeah. And the, the really interesting thing about 1979 is that that was the first year that the WHA NHL merger happened. And the Nordiques turned into the Avs. Or they, that yeah. they earned, that the Nordiques joined the NHL, which then obviously became the Avs. Yeah. Um one of the one of the biggest things is that it, it basically just confirms everything we thought it was going to be for the 25th anniversary of the avalanche 
It confirmed yeah. it, 100%. It's going to be a Nordiques flashback, which is awesome. Now, is it going to be true Nordiques colors, or is it going to be a hint of the burgundy instead of the fire truck red? Well, I don't know. I, I would like to see it with the burgundy, I think. Um, I think that'd be a really clean look that hasn't been... Uh, I mean, and you think about, too, I don't, I don't know if you saw the tweets that um, where, where McKinnon and uh, Mika were showing off the their gloves that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in that powder blue Nordiques um, sort of color. I'm just trying to think, like, what would look best accenting that? And I think burgundy would look really clean. Um, that's just me personally though my my hope is that it's not in a away jersey like the white away jersey even though it's everything i'm seeing is that it's gonna be a white base with burgundy trim and blue numbering um that let's see so i don't know like like, like i want to i i want to be in love with these jerseys like, I really do, because I really want them to be the 25th anniversary Nordiques jerseys and go back to the roots and understanding our hockey history. Now, here's the thing. We didn't carry over any retired jersey numbers from the Nordiques. We did not. So that could be a sour point. Um, but, I mean, everything you I've never know seen... What you're gonna do to the front, though. It's so true. Showing the backs of the jerseys, so they yeah. could do anything to the front. As far as that original Nordiques logo, they could do. You know, I mean, they could do a lot with it. Um, personally, I think you could do a lot with the white days. You could. I mean, I just. I'd like to see that full like powder blue, Carolina blue color, like as. Uh, as stupid as it sounds, seeing like a blueberry kind of thing, you know, <laughs> like as dumb as it sounds, but like a blueberry would be pretty, would be pretty cool. I, I, I mean, you know me, I, I miss, I, I miss those old blueberry jerseys. Yeah, those were my favorite with the Colorado with a diet. I would just wish like hell one alternate jersey go back to the Colorado diagonal, please. That's all I'm asking for. Man. Those are some fits, man. Those were some fits back in the days. The the style on those is just phenomenal. I mean, dude, it just looks so good. But I mean, what what do you think? So you saw it today too, right? You saw the you saw the drop of it. Yeah. um, uh, When when I saw the video, I was actually having a hard time trying to distinguish which one was the abs. Um, at first, because there was also one that they had with um, it had just our exact same burgundy, uh, you know, burgundy dark blue uh, color cube. But then I think that was the uh, Canucks that have that throwback. Um, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's that's the Canucks, that's not us. Um, I was like, that looks really. And then um, when 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 Scott McDonald, when he actually, you know posted the the screenshot of it i was like oh like that's definitely nordiques like that's all over like nordiques colors um but i'm stoked um i I think adidas did a good job with the reverse retro um marketing i think it's going to be cool for this year to do um 
just to see. And it kind of goes in line with what Dallas dropped, if you think about it. In a way. Um, hey, did you see Arizona's? The, the Coyotes one? Arizona's look amazing. Um, that purple... It's either going to do one or two things. It's going to really excite people or just turn people off. Yeah. There is yeah. there is no in-between on it. You either love and, it or hate it. And, and now everything's really coming full circle because I sent you that image of... Uh, what they're doing with center ice now with they're going back to the crescent yeah. moon center ice mm-hmm. it's all coming full circle back to the kachinas so yeah. and then it looks like the anaheim mighty ducks the anaheim ducks are going back to the mighty ducks look look it has the purple trim with the teal numbers i mean um who's the other one that that i that i saw and was like oh i'm so excited for those um uh who was it oh the uh the rangers they're going back to like that old like uh, that where it said like NYR underneath it with the with a Lady Liberty logo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that that's what that one screams to me is that they're going back to that. Awesome. I mean, it could be good, but yeah, I, I want yeah, them to be good. And the the Blues one be. looks so good too. The the St. Louis one does look good. Um, because I, I like how with our alternates they incorporated the old Rockies logo, you know, the mm-hmm. Rockies logo basically into those. And um, I don't think they're going to miss with with the Nordiques uh, tribute. No. I don't think they're going to miss with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, can you imagine that with the with 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 the stuff that um, that Ranton and and, and Mac posted? I mean, they all had Avs logos on them too. Yeah. I mean, the the pants that uh, Rance, uh, the picture of the of the pants that Rance threw out there, had the Avs logo on it. It looked like a very updated Avs logo. So it looked like the the modern day Avs logo. Yeah. With the Nordiques color scheme on the pants. So I I, I really don't know, man. It's it's one of those where I'm like, I do your guess is about, about as good as mine right now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, it's been it's been a wild, wild, really. I mean, it's it's been a weird like last week. Let alone the whole entire freaking year has been weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I mean, and there's just. I mean, I, I, we should we should definitely talk about this with you being uh, an alumni and all. The boot game. Finally, the boot is back the boot. In, in northern Colorado. CSU, my friend. Um, and kind of just like to start it off, their schedules like all Thursday night games this year. Like most of them are on Thursday night, but it felt good to get that one. I uh, hadn't won it in the past five years. Um, and I did it basically because how csu games would go jared just kind of in the past i mean they would score 45 points a game but they would lose you know 58 45 fun games to watch but at the end of it you know you get sick of it um but they actually won off defense against wyoming uh this time around which is what um, this new coach and, and uh, you know, Adazio brings in, he brings in kind of like a defensive, a little bit more of a defensive mind to things uh, when you compare him to like Bobo and um, 
McIlwain, even back in the day. Um, but basically, you saw like a Rams team that was basically like I'm pretty sure they were outgained as far as yardage goes, but they've also forced three turnovers that resulted in 21 points and uh, notched 10 sacks on the game. So, all in all, just good to see him get a win. Um, you know, they're one and one now, I think. So, and they are just basically just doing just all their uh, just in inter interconference play. Um, I know that CU beat UCLA pretty badly too. Um, as far as just uh, you know, uh, Colorado football goes, CU put on a good showing against UCLA. But uh, but yeah, really good win for the Rams. Yeah, like I I remember seeing that. I was like, ah, uh, got to bring that up now because you being alumni and Sierra being alumni. I mean, I mean y'all hadn't seen a boot win in God knows how long. You know, it'd been a hot second. It had been um, since. And was it? I want to say like my sophomore year there, twenty thirteen. Damn. Yeah, like Gary Grayson. Back when we had Grayson. Jesus, that's forever ago, man. Yeah. They have not fared well because they played it up in Wyoming like four out of the past five times, it seems like. Yeah. But it should feel like Spokane. every other year it should be a home game, right? <laughs> right. It's just not, though. Um, yeah, good win for them for sure. Um, I mean, there's been but, like, uh, a lot of like. It's. It, I know. Like, like, it seems like we've been like condensing everything. But did did we like miss something in this week's episode that you really want to talk about? Uh, I mean, we. How do you feel about getting into a little bit of like Broncos talk? Mm, we got a little bit of time. Yeah, let's do it really quickly. We got a little bit of time. Yeah. All right. Um. So let's see. Last podcast that we had on the Broncos was after the uh, Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Been a couple games since then, uh, Jared. If you could do just like what you kind of thought both those games, we'll go like an offensive and a defensive take, um, and then just what you think looking forward. They didn't deserve to beat the Chargers, and they were lucky that they lost by as little as they did to the Falcons. Plain and simple, they they were extremely lucky to beat the Chargers. Had the dumbass defensive back not pull, I don't remember who it was who he got a PI on on the freaking one yard line, yeah. right? So they put the ball on the one because you're an idiot, and put the ball on the one now. I mean, you know they shouldn't have beat the Chargers. Justin Herbert should not have lost. He should have beat Denver. Did though. I mean, I mean, and keep in mind, Justin Herbert put up almost. He was he was 25 yards away from putting up a 300 yard game. Again, defense is still the freaking problem. I don't know what it is about the defense. We're still giving up 400. He we almost gave up 500 yards in total offense that game. Yes, two turnovers. Great, good job. Okay, terrific, awesome. Still gave up 28 first downs, 485 total yards, 275 of that was passing, 210 was rushing. That is ridiculous. Okay. And then uh, Drew Locke can keep doing his little his little whatever dance that is. I, I'm sure TikTok will start making memes of it at some point. Dude, lucky as hell we got away with that win. 
because that last ball that he threw, you had the back judge saying no incomplete and the front guy on the freaking goal line saying yes, touchdown. This was literally when we had their, you remember the replacement refs? Remember that oh, yeah. saga? That reminded yeah. me so much of Green Bay and Seattle. It wasn't even funny. That's oh, literally yeah. what I thought of when I saw it. About too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I can, I can get that for sure. Um, for me, as far as just, and I'll follow just kind of, I guess, like my own um, method and go just kind of offensively, uh, defensively. Um, also, one more thing, Jared, what did, what did you expect for them just like going forward? Because uh, their schedule does get tougher. Um, it's the third it toughest schedule remaining. Yeah. Third. Like, all right, like basically, like week 10, they're like, oh, by the way, the easy half of the schedule's over. It's an easy half. Hey, the guys. Steelers uh, are 8 0. Hey, guys, y'all are going to Vegas, by the way. Have fun. Going to Vegas. By the way, that stadium looks immaculate, person. Just from the outside, it looks awesome. Um, oh, yeah. I. They don't beat Vegas. Maybe they sneak away with a win against Miami. They don't beat New Orleans. They don't beat Kansas City. Hello, dude. Right now, I don't know if they beat Buffalo. I don't. I I, I said this, what was it, a, a few weeks ago. We, this team just needs to, it needs to be in a rebuild. And Elway's job needs to be gone at this point. Mm. And he's got a little bit of job security right now because, oh, he's out with COVID. I don't give a shit. You've had this job since Peyton got here in 14 and you've did you've done did you've done one good thing. Win one Super Bowl with a quarterback who was basically dead on arrival. It was the season. It was the defense. It was the defense. And now you oh. can't construct a solid defense. I don't give a shit what Pat Shermer says. About, oh, we need to be doing this on offense. Dude, you were down 7 points through a pick. And then you're down 14. I don't want to hear this shit. That's literally last week against the Falcons. I mean, I, I get it. Okay, great. You're you're down 10. You're down 10 nothing after one. Okay, great. Here we go again. Okay, McManus gets you back in the game. And then literally the Broncos put on a tear. And you, you had it to 27-34. And then you throw a freaking pick because you're trying to get the ball down the field put the ball in philip Lindsay's hands and let the dude run i am so sick i just hit my mic i am so sick and tired of this literally man like i don't understand <laughs> yeah well I, oh my right, so, god so so i feel you right um I didn't even watch the freaking game. I wanted to cut the highlights and I would have watched the last five minutes of the game and wanted to pull my hair out. And I don't even care. Like, I really don't care a lot about Broncos football. I'd much rather watch Air Force, CSU, CU. I don't care. I'd much rather watch freaking Air Academy get their ass kicked by Cheyenne Mountain at this point. I cannot watch the NFL. It is so damn slow. I mean, you literally. You're... <sighs> I feel you. Um, for, for me, as far as just sort of offensively, defensively, um, you know, this season we gotta let it play out as as fans. Um, 
you know, even though I'm not banking that we're going to make playoffs, we're we're probably not. Um, but you you have Drew Lock where he is right now. Um, not the best, but you kind of get the idea. Is it Shermer? Is it Lock? Probably a little bit of both. Um, is it Fangio? Fangio too. <laughs> But Shermer's the guy that's telling Locke, you know, what plays, what reads to go through. Um, it also just recently came out that they script their first 15 plays of the game offensively, no matter what. I'm sorry, are we in high school? So, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, <laughs> you drafted this guy because he's a gunslinger, am I right? Yeah. Quite frankly, when you've had to use him like that he's been successful am i not right you're spot on i mean in the fourth quarter he's thrown he's thrown six touchdowns upwards of 400 yards in his last two games 500 yards six tds through uh, what was it like a, a limited amount of time like 10 minutes of possession so what changes, man? Because um, I feel like it's the scripted place. I really do. I feel like that's a big part of it. And I also feel like... When, when you look at Drew Locke as a, as a guy, as a quarterback, that's a dude who started four years at Missouri, had a different offensive coordinator every single year came into the league, did not have a preseason because he broke his finger. Had some time with Scandro, you know, with Skangs. He left. COVID happened. No offseason again. He gets Shermer. So this is literally a guy who has had six different coordinators in six years, bro. And that's just a little bit, I mean, that's insane. So that's kind of, you know, do away with the scripted plays. Let them, let them play. As far as defensively, they just got to get healthy. Um, as far as where they are, like in the future, Von Miller's supposed to be back in a couple weeks. I don't know. I, I don't even think you rush Vaughn. I don't think you rush Vaughn back. No, that's that's what I'm saying though. He hasn't been right. He's like ready to, I, I don't know. As far as like their team accounts go, like he's walking around, um, practice without a boot right now, because he was extremely, you know, using the best shape of his life pre-injury, you know, pre-tear. So he's coming back quickly. Um, and if they're in a spot where they can make the playoffs, like you, you, I mean, he's Vaughn, he'll play, you know? Um, I, I think my bigger concern is that they're not playoff team. They're not. Uh, mathematically, they are. It might not be right now, but mathematically, they are still. Mathematically, you're still an 11-5 team at this point. Yeah, I mean... But, I don't It's just... The, the thing that I just don't understand about um, Pat Shermer, right? Yeah. Philip Lindsay is your best power back you have. 
The dude has touched the ball over 400 times in his career. Zero fumbles. Only guy to do that, by the way. Only ever player. Only player to ever do that. Why in the hell is the ball not in his hands? Sometimes two out of three plays in a four-play drive. Yeah. I mean, you want to know what happened that last drive? It was a, a Jerry Judy drop where... Locke placed the ball basically perfectly in his hands. And it was like a 25, 30-yard throw across the middle of the field. And it hit Jerry in the hands, and he dropped it. Second down, you get a pass that's a little bit hard, but it hits Lindsay's helmet, bounces off. Uh, the rushed pick on third down. So it's it's not even just lock, man. It's people just making mistakes. General, just little mistakes that you don't think is going to... Um, like, get back to the basics, man. Like, do your job for your fellow, for your, for your teammate, you know, and your team. Um, just, you know, it's, uh, it's team sports one-on-one, I do. You know, you're supposed to be there for your team. You're supposed to get that trust back you know because right now Locke hit Lindsay across the field in that game helmet man Locke was the team's leading rusher that game so Gordon didn't do anything either but Atlanta's also got like the sixth best running defense so uh, they're that good for a reason man Um, and I mean Oh, I'm going to close up on this. I mean, Drew, not Drew Locke, Philip Lindsay reminds me a lot of Adrian Peterson. In the fact of he hits the hole, he hits it hard, he's got some amazing breakout speed, but good God, does he have stone hands. Yeah, he can't catch. No, he's no. he's not, he's that's, not that's a... Yeah. He's not a catching back, and maybe that's why you brought Melvin Gordon in so you can catch out of the backfield. That's fine, but... Even if teams start keying in on the fact that you have Philip Lindsay on the field, you're going to run the ball. Start running some freaking play action. Quit running the shit out of the gun. Just go into an eye set or a single back and run a play action because at some point they're going to bite and you're going to have Judy in a one-on-one where he's got enough speed, enough acumen, athletic acumen to get free. And then it's on Drew Lock to, to deliver the ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, all the stuff that you're seeing Justin Herbert be praised for, by the way, Locke's doing the same thing in a shorter uh, shorter span, basically. Because you got a guy who is a career 6-3 uh, and three right now. When he has guys healthy, like his offensive line, he's capable of, of putting on clinics like we saw against Houston last year, where they won, what was it, 43-7? to seven. 43-10, 43-13, killed him. Uh, but my, my main point is, um, man, if I'm Shermer, like, and if it's like you said, it, it comes down to that, and that's how they're keying in on him, what do you do if you're Shermer? You put Lindsey and Gordon in the backfield, split back if you're going to go shotgun, and you confuse people. You let them just be football players. You know, make the right read. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, 
we look at it and go, okay, armchair Sunday armchair quarterback, or now I guess Tuesday night armchair quarterback. Yeah. Like, 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 what do you do? And this is what it is. <clears throat> unfortunately, the one thing I don't like about Drew Locke is the way that he kind of came out to the media and said ten times out of ten times he makes that throw to Jerry Judy. Um, don't think he can make don't think he can make that a state that that statement yet. That's too difficult of a throw for him, man. That's like one off your back foot across the field, and it gets picked, you know, easily. Um, so, like, yeah, the the dancing and stuff and the confidence, like, it's kind of like you said, like, I want to see a little bit more before, you know, that happens. Granted, he has been decent in his sample space, but would you rather have, you know, feel like Chargers fans are feeling and saying, hey, we have our, our quarterback no matter what right now, who's going off for three, four hundred yards a game, three, four touchdowns. And we're okay with finishing however we finish to build around him. But you forget that's where the Broncos were this year. And then you lost Cortland Sutton, Von Miller, and uh, Jarrell Casey. Because the Broncos were ahead of the Chargers fundamentally. Developmentally, we were ahead of them because we had beaten them twice last year. We already had our guy. We were building around him. And then third play of the season, your number one wideout goes down with a torn ACL. You can't do anything to replace that. So... Just kind of something to end on for me. It, it was a, I thought they had more potential this year. Uh, we'll still see. There's 11 games left, but... Yeah. 11 to 6, what am I saying? Yeah, um, I mean, it, it can take a Herculean effort to get back to 500, let alone that 11 and 5 area, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, let's just... I mean, if we If we call what it is, I'm not sure that... I, I again, this is just one of the, another one of those years where we go, okay, let's just get it out of the way. Hope to God next year's better. But I mean, it it, it could be, it, it just could be one of those things where we go, all right, well, we'll just look forward to next year and plan for next year because I mean, Philip Lindsay's only going to get better. Yeah, there he is. I mean, Drew Locke's only going to get better. Yeah, just uh, uh, KJ Hamler, Deontay Spencer, you know, like I'll, I'll leave you with this just to close as a closing question for you. Given what I've just told you about Drew Locke's history with his offensive coordinators having six in six years, do you keep Shimmer or do you fire him? Fire him. It's, it's, not, it's not even hesitation, you fire him. <laughs> Go seven for seven. Yeah, you. It, it, whatever Shermer's doing is doing the same thing. He's he's treating this like you're coaching for Regis Jesuit and you're playing Valor Christian in the five A semifinals, bro. That is literally what it comes down to, and that's the ridiculous. He can't be doing that. The scripted shit has to end. It has yeah, it's to. It's got to. And 
I, I, I'm, I remember like, like when my dad coached for Rampart and coached for Doherty down in Colorado Springs, winning state championships at Rampart. I mean, he, yes, he scripted the first 15 plays, but it was only for one drive. If they got stopped, it was dead. And you reset the clock and, and you're on the phone saying, okay, here's what we're doing now. Game flow. Exactly. Just it's just, you're, you're trying to create flow where there is none and everyone knows you have plays scripted out and you're not going to switch. So if you have a tendency of going run, pass, run or pass, pass, run, your tendencies are now exposed. Any analytics nerd or non-analytics nerd can figure that shit out. So oh, yeah, that, that's, I don't know. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I want to see him just cut him loose, let him sling. I don't care what happens. Um, I don't know. They're, they're frustrating uh, because we want them to be so good and they're not. They're, no. Them and the Rockies are in the same boat. So, And we didn't even talk about DJ. Like we, we didn't even talk about the Rockies stuff yet. Oh, Christ. Rockies, I would equivalent to the Jets. And man, we're already an hour 18 into this one. Um, Rockies might have to be saved for another day, but I mean, we could. Nah, it's not worth it. It's not worth getting into all the pain that's surrounding that franchise right now. This thing, this thing, <laughs> go from from an hour and eighteen minutes, probably like hour twenty after everything's all said and done. It's like two hours because there's so much wrong. Yeah, a lot has to be done with them for sure. It's just, it's a shame, but yeah, yeah. I mean, uh. I, I do think because we're gonna save the beer podcast for a certain for a very certain episode um i i, I do think that one of the i i, I do want to talk about some some really cool eagle stories on the next yeah. one I, yeah. I think we should talk about that because you and i both have some really cool stories um we were there around the same time for a little bit and then uh I had some time before that. I mean, there's some really cool stuff that we're going to dive into and just kind of talk about even just the atmosphere of being in Loveland and everything else. I mean, like I I went and picked up a car from Fort Collins the other day and I drove right past because I had my buddy with me because he had to chase me in the other car. And very cool. He's like, he's he's like, you used to work all the way up here. I was like, dude, I can tell you some pretty good stories. And I mean, I got looking back at it. It was probably some of the coolest hockey stories I've ever had. So, oh, yeah. I mean, m- maybe, maybe we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that next one. I'm sure yeah. you got some too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd be down for sure. And just one of the, I mean, you've heard me talk about it just in private with you. It's one of the coolest spaces you can work at, in in my opinion, BC. Hundred percent. But yeah, hey. So I, I know we kind of close it up the same way every single time, but don't get used to it because it's really not going anywhere. Uh, Call your folks, tell them you love them, call your brother, sister, whatever. Uh, just let them know that you care about them and you miss them. Uh, COVID's getting crazy again. So who knows? Denver's on the level three, safer at home, home by 10. Rapo County, which is where I'm at, is level two. We're pretty much expecting to go to level three in about a week. So everything's about to start hitting again. These lockdowns are about to start coming. Take care of yourself. Mental health is the most important thing during COVID. Take care of you. Okay? That's me the biggest thing. That doesn't mean drown yourself in a bottle of alcohol every single night. That doesn't mean stay up late. It doesn't mean any of that shit. If that means y'all gotta play video games to survive, play some fucking video games. No, I shouldn't cuss that much, but I'm I mean, it's just it is what it is, right? I mean, if I had an Xbox, I'd be playing with Joel probably nightly, but I don't. 
I have a PS4. So (laughs) it is what it is. But I mean, we do this to get away from the real world. Even though we may talk about the real world, this is our escape. You got to do what you got to do sometimes, right? If that means you play video games for a few hours to escape from the real world, do it. If that means you want to go work out, go work out, man. That's not a big deal. Go do it. It's not hard. Shit, I need to get back to the gym too. I mean, it's not. I mean, same here. The the COVID 40s treat me well. Um, It's worse than the the freshman 15. (laughs) Oh, the COVID 40. I mean, hell, find a project. I mean, I just helped my buddy build, uh, rebuild his PC. That was that was probably the most fun I've had in a week, at least. So, yeah. just yeah. just find something because I mean, we all know these locks, these lockdowns are coming back, and there's a bunch of other political shit that's going on too. So, make sure you take care of, your, of yourselves. Make sure you, and just make sure that you guys are, you know, just enjoying life. Shit's too. The shit is. Uh, Oh, fuck. I lost my train of thought. Life's too short. There we go. That's where I was. Life's too short, right? I mean... Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, we we could probably pull up... I don't know, probably five people we went to high school with who have passed away too young, easily. Easily. Probably a couple more. I mean... And, like, some people who have been some crazy shit that's already happened to them. I mean, it's just all stuff that... Yeah, take it every day, one day at a time. And we're, like we said, we're not saying drown yourself in a bottle of whiskey every night. Like, I don't do that. Joel doesn't do that. Yes, we have a couple beers while we do this, but hey, it's fun. We're, we're here enjoying our lives. But yeah. find your escape. Find what's going to make you happy because that's what's going to make this COVID and these lockdowns. Because if we get back into a full lockdown again, it's going to make it what's easy. It's how you're going to get through it every single day. So call your folks, tell them you love them, call your brother, sister, loved one, everyone else. If you don't tell your loved one you love them every day, it's a problem. Um, but hey, you've been listening to Mile High Pundit Podcast for Joel James up in Commerce City. I'm Jared down in Greenwood Village. Village? Village? Village. Wow. Greenwood Village. All right. So basically Denver. Um, Southside. It's fine. We're going to catch you guys next week. Uh, be looking out for the podcast next week. I know we've been a little bit eh, on Twitter lately. We're going to get that ramp back up again. We promise. Been a little, yeah. been a little bit crazy. Uh, Joel's up to 500 followers. So now the goal is for the, is the podcast page, the podcast page to get up to about 250. And we'll see if we can get going from there. But hey, if yeah. you like, like we guys listen to, let us know. Uh, if you don't like it, tell us what you guys want to hear us talk about. We're more than happy to listen to it. Giveaway coming in the next episode. Yep. You guys get excited. Uh, we don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be cool. I have an idea what it's going to be, and I'll let you know. All right. Uh, All right. Guys, thank you again for listening. You've been listening to my High Punnett podcast, and we'll catch you in the next one. I'm in the studio cooking up music because I know I never got time to waste. This is a decision I got to make. Made it here. I can't stop now. Had to make what I got now. This is the life I chose. Seen the highs and lows. I've been getting what I want now.
deep underground the Jelly Belly factory, Bibi is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of bean boozle. I've done it again. Is it cappuccino or liver and onions? <laughs> Dare to compare. Bean boozle, sixth edition. Are you brave enough?